right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing today? It is Friday, January 28th, 2022. We're almost through with January. All right. All right, guys, welcome to the show. Today's show brought to you in part by those great folks at Redcon 1. That's right, Redcon1.com. Guys, please check out the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Great products. I really can't say anything more. It's a Florida-based, United States of America company. Great product. I'm telling you, you make the order out today. They will ship it. You'll get it. Well, today's Friday. You'll probably get it in the middle of next week. They get it out quick. They don't play. It's great, great product. I'm not lying when I tell you this, and I'm not saying this because they're a sponsor. I'm saying this because I used the product, used it for well over a year before they became a sponsor. Check them out. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app. You'll get 20% off unless they have a better sale. You'll actually get that percentage off, but nonetheless, if you can use the link, that way the show gets credit for the visit. All right, guys. And on that note, please make sure you go to our website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. From there, you can link up with our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube videos that are still there that haven't gotten deleted yet because I basically, obviously, I've stopped doing the YouTube videos. The only reason I was doing them to begin with was to to branch out to people. Obviously, if you're listening to this on, on your phone or whatever, you don't want to go and watch the video. Who cares? I mean, I'm not that pretty. <laughs> I really just did it to branch out to other people that might not listen to podcasts or whatever, but I say much, so much uh, controversial bullshit that uh, I just kept on getting notifications from YouTube and I was like, fuck it, I ain't going to worry about them. If I could ever just take the time and, and focus on maybe doing a rubble account, I'll do it, but I just, uh, I don't know if my internet's not strong enough or what the deal is, but nonetheless, I'm not worried about it. At any rate, all right, today's show, we are going to talk about Hypocrisy in the USA, and that's not a uh, John Cougar Mellencamp song, so it's a little bit different. And uh, we're going to go over Justice Breyer's retiring. Uh, a new COVID strain, guys. Uh, here we go again, right? Every, what, six to eight weeks, they have another strain, or I guess they call it a variant. I call it a strain because whatever. And then I want to touch on the Freedom Convoy that's trekking through Canada. Then I wanted to look at something. Uh, I'm going to start a new thing. What's trending on Twitter? You know, I'm not going to go through everything trending on Twitter, but things that catch my eye. And then I got a little bit of a news of the obvious segment for you. All right. First story. This is basically going to be a rant. So buckle up and get ready. <laughs> and this is about the hip hypocrisy that's going on in this country and has been going on in this country. But it's so strong. It's, you know, if this was a Star Wars movie, they'd be like, mm, the hypocrisy is strong in that one. You know, it's it's very annoying. And um, I'm, I really get pissed off. Granted, we in Florida, we don't have to deal with a whole lot of this stuff. Mostly a lot of what I'm talking about is stuff I see on the news and some stuff I do see personally. But nonetheless, you know, there, there are places in this country where you have to show a vaccine passport and a government-issued ID to enter places of business, you know, such as grocery stores, big box stores, gyms, places of worships, restaurants, so on and so forth. And those same places, now when I say those same places, I'm talking about cities, states, you know, let, let's take New York or uh, California, Washington State, Washington, D.C. We'll take those places, for example. I think Chicago. I don't know if the whole state of Illinois is like this, but I know Chicago. But let's take those places, for example, and those in the left don't want you to have to show ID to vote. Now, how does this make any sense? Are they saying it's more important for you to vote than it is to be able to eat or provide for your family? Um... It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so if I lived in New York City, for example, I would have to have my vaccine passport or whatever they're calling it up there, and I have to be fully vaccinated. So I don't know what they're considering to be fully vaccinated. If it's two shots, three shots, ten shots, I don't know what we're up to now. But uh, 
So whatever. I have my two shots, my three shots, whatever I'm supposed to have. I have my card. So, I mean, obviously, one would think if I'm going to carry that around, I'm going to carry my idea around, right? But nonetheless, what if for some reason I have my my vaccine card on my phone, right? I have the, what is it called in New York? Accelerate Pass or Accelerate, whatever. The app that's on your phone, huh? Accelerate, I don't even know what the fuck it's called. Anyway, I have that on my phone. Let's say I forgot my wallet. I just need my phone because, you know, if I'm doing Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever, I don't need my wallet. So I forget it. I'm just running to the, you know, to Applebee's or whatever to pick up some, my to-go order, right? And I run in. Oh, do you have your vac- vaccine card and your ID? Oh, I just have my card. Okay, well, I, I need the two together because if not, you know, you know, I don't know if that's you. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. But I can go vote and be like, hey, I'm PCGC. And they're like, cool, there you go, vote. And then come back later and be like, hey, I'm Don Q. Oh, okay, here, vote. <laughs> you know, um, you know, my question is this. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I got stuck here. So, um, you know, furthermore, some of these places also allow people to shoplift. So you've seen on the news in different cities, I, I just saw one the other day in New York, you know, they, they literally will allow people to shoplift without calling the police or even where the store security will intervene. This video, Michael Rappaport, if you know who he is, he's an actor, comedian, whatever. I actually used to like him. I don't know. He's kind of gotten woke, and I don't know what his, what his issue is. I think some of these people are becoming more woke. The, the less popular they're becoming, the more woke they're becoming, if that makes sense, because the popular people that are unwoke are the ones they're trying to cancel. So I think some of these comedians are becoming that are unpopular are becoming woke so they can become popular. If that makes any sense. Anyway, so he did a video, I think it was on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, where this guy comes in, just casually walks into the store with some with his own bags, mind you, and gets whatever in the hell he's getting, puts him in the bag. Security guard standing right the fuck there. Dude grabs whatever. And he's not running, he's not hustling, he's just <laughs> strolling along, goes into the store. Grabs whatever, like he's he's literally fucking shopping, right? Loads the bags up, walks right by the security guard, and this Michael Rappaport, he's in, you know, like I said, actor, comedian, whatever he is, he's sitting there filming. Oh my god, I can't believe this! Look at this guy. He's just da, 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 da. now, of course, he's not man enough to do anything, right? You know, do a citizen's arrest or anything. God forbid he would step up and have some balls to him, but no. But for that point, okay, you don't want to put yourself in harm's way, whatever. Be, he's literally standing behind the security guard of this place of business. This, this I don't know what it was, a drugstore or Walgreens or what it was, but hires, you know, a security company <laughs> to stand at the door. Why? Why is this dude there? Because, number one, the guy walks into the store with his with his bags, with his own bags. The No one stops him at the door to ask for his vaccination card, which... From what I understand, you're supposed to be doing in New York. I Not that I agree with it. I'm just saying that's what they're supposed to do. So they let the guy in. He literally just casually strolls, the, strolls through the store, shoplifts whatever he's getting, and casually walks right the fuck out, right by the security guard. And no one, only person saying or doing any, not even doing, but saying anything is Michael Rappaport as he's commentating on the video he's making. And, um, and he walks out. But damn sure guarantee, <laughs> if um, if if a, if the person was coming into shop and uh, didn't show it, they'd call didn't show the vax pass, they'd call the cops. Um, or if you know if I just tell them there I'm just you know not the shop, I'm there to steal, they'll just let me go. Um, better yet, you know these people that run these cities and states are some of the ones that demand these mandates in itself. But and it is it is such one of those you've you've heard it time and time again. It's just one of these rules for thee and not for me. These people that run these states and these cities, they do whatever the hell they want. They don't they're not, they don't push they don't push the you know they let shoplifters go. They let these people just do whatever the hell to the point where these DAs have raised the minimums of okay they have to steal more than X amount of dollars before it's going to be a crime. And these people know it. These people that are shoplifters and these smash and grab people, whatever, 
They're not stupid. Oh, you're telling me if I don't steal more than a thousand dollars, um, it's it's not a whatever. Cool. <laughs> they know what they're doing. So the, the thing kills me. There's been a lot of stuff going around in different states and different cities where you've seen people go to Applebee's and Panera Bread and whatever, and they don't have their vaccine card. And these restaurants are calling the cops on these people. They're trying to eat. Whether they're eating at the restaurant and getting it to go, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're literally trying to eat dinner, lunch. They're calling the cops. And these people are getting arrested. Now, I do not agree with any of this. I think the whole fucking thing is stupid. You're literally arresting people for having possibly the cold. And if they don't have proof of their vaccination, they're going to jail. They're getting arrested for that. But yet we can let these people just roll into these stores, Walgreens, jewelry stores, whatever they're doing, grab whatever the fuck they want and walk right the hell out. Not to mention the fact they're not stopping them at the door and getting their vaccine cards. (laughs) But God forbid I wanted to go to Applebee's and get a fucking burger and a beer and I don't have my vaccine card. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, and furthermore, as we keep on talking about hypocrisy, you know, wear the mask, where you get your vaccine card. And then in the meantime, you see these mayors and these governors at highfalutin uh, activities where they're just out for dinner with their friends or at a basketball game, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, maskless in a crowd of people. And now I'm going to preface what I'm saying. I don't give a shit. Don't wear the mask. Shove it up your ass. I don't care. I really could care. I could care less if you have five fucking booster shots. I don't care. You do you. I am registered Republican, but I'm more of a libertarian at heart. You do you in 22. Okay. I don't care. I'm the Ricky Javaris of podcasters. I don't care. Wear the mask. Don't wear the mask. Wear it around your asshole. Wear five on your face. Get 26 booster shots. I don't care. That is your problem. But. On the flip side, it is my problem to not do those things. So leave me the fuck alone. And you are not going to mandate to me, and you shouldn't mandate to your constituents to do A, B, C, D when you don't do any of those yourself. It is just straight up rules for thee, not for me. You do as I say, not as I do. And when you, when those people are questioned on those things, it's like, oh, well, I, 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 you know, some bullshit excuse. Oh, I was at the hairdresser. Oh, it was, you know, it's like, no, I'm fucking tired, sick and tired of all the excuses. These people are narcissists. They, they just think their shit don't stink, and I'm tired of it. Okay? Um, and then what kills me now is you have the situation in Ukraine, in Russia, right? Or whatever it is or isn't. Um, <laughs> you have Biden coming coming around, and I'll get into this story a little later. I don't want to dwell too much on Ukraine and Russia, but my point here is the whole issue with Ukraine and Russia is is we, not me, we. When I say we, America, our beloved president and his minions are saying Ukraine has a right to borders and they have a right to their sovereignty. Okay, true story. They do. I'm not going to argue that fact. But you know who else does? We do. This country does. But yet in the meantime, we're so worried about Ukraine-Russia border that we're stressing uh, <laughs> we're stressing the president of Ukraine out, stressing the people out. We're bailing out all our, telling all you know Americans that are in Ukraine, you need to get the hell out. Um, we're not going to be there to, to save you like we didn't do in Afghanistan. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, so you're giving the optics to the Ukrainian people that shit shit's about to go down. And like I said, I'm gonna get into that in a little bit, but nonetheless, we're worried about that border. In the meantime, we have an influx of migrants just every day, hundreds of thousands of these migrants coming across the border. Not to mention that then there was a thing on Fox where I don't know the reporter's name. Um, I can't think of his last name offhand, but nonetheless, he happened to stumble upon, and I think he was in Brownsville, Texas, them loading buses up with these people, taking them to the airport, and then flying them. So then the plane, I think, landed somewhere in New York yesterday, or, or yeah, yesterday night, last night. And um, <laughs> they're, they're taking these people off. They're just 
dispersing them around the country. And I, to the point where I, I tried to find a story, but for the life of me, I couldn't find it. But I could have sworn I saw there was a couple of lawmakers trying to get a bill passed to get, I know DeSantis had said this a couple of months back, where they were trying to get these people shipped to Delaware and whatever. You know, because the, you know, you, you can't be mad at the Border Patrol because they're literally doing their job. They're doing what they're being told to do. But nonetheless, I guess this is the same thing as you could not be mad at the cops in New York for stopping people for vac- vaccine cards. You know, they're just trying to eat or get, you know, stuff for their kids or whatever. But nonetheless, they're, I guess you could say they're doing their job, but it's not the right thing. We should not be dispersing these people around the country. If we're going to fly them anywhere, fly them back to fucking Honduras and Mexico and wherever else they're from, uh, they just caught a guy. One of the, one of the guys in the group was was a, well, there was two different um, Chinese nationalists. There was one guy that was on the terror watch list. I think he was out of Venezuela. So, I mean, granted, those are the ones we're catching. Who Who aren't we catching? These are just the people that we're actually catching. Right? We're not catching everybody. We don't have enough people down there to catch everyone. But my point being is we're going to send troops to Ukraine. We're going to fight a war that's none of our fucking business. And I'm not disagreeing with the fact that we need to, if, if, if Russia is doing whatever they say they're doing, yes, we need to intervene in the sense of stopping what could be a World War Three situation, what could be, you know... If you flash back to the 1930s, could be a Nazi-type situation where, you know, is Putin trying to take over Europe? I don't know. I'm not speculating on that. Um, but in the meantime, we're being invaded on a daily basis by foreign invaders. Now, granted, I'm not saying they're up to no good. I don't know. <laughs> One of them was on the terror watch list, so maybe he was. But, you know, and then you go further on, and these are the same people that say... I don't trust Joe Rogan because he's not a doctor. But these same damn people hang on every fucking word that Bill Gates says. Last time I checked, he wasn't a doctor either, right? So, and, you know, you've got so many people now calling for Joe Rogan, for Spotify to cancel Joe Rogan. Um, now, number one, I can't imagine that's ever going to happen. I don't know all the specifics of Joe Rogan's contract with with um, Spotify. I know it's a shit ton of money, and good for him. Um, I so however much money that is, I think it was hundred million. I don't know whatever the dollar amount is for however many years. They're not going to cancel him because they're invested in him. Number one. Now, will they not resign him when his contract's up? Possibly. Um, when that is, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but you saw the story. I don't know if you saw, uh, fucking, what's his name? Nat, uh, I want to say Stephen Nash, but I don't know if that's right. But anyway, rock star from back in the sixties. Oh, you, you can either have him or me. And they're like, cool. They canceled their, <laughs> took all his music off of Spotify. I mean, which means to me that Spotify is probably making a shit ton of money off of Rogan. They ain't going to cancel him, dude. Anyway. On to the next story. Okay, so when I was coming up with these notes, the uh, Justice Breyer was, uh, so today's Friday. I think this was Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening when I was coming up with all this stuff. And it's like, oh, Justice Breyer. Actually, it was Wednesday afternoon because me and, me and the wife had the grandkids and we went to the aquarium and I got the alert on my phone. And it said, Supreme Court Justice to retire. I was like, holy shit. You know, I had to read the story because I'm like, okay, who is this? Okay, Stephen Breyer. He's not a name I'm familiar with. Who is he? What's his leanings? What's the deal? You know, because in my mind, I'm thinking, shit, are we losing a conservative judge off of the, you know, off the court? So I looked it up. Now, okay, he was nominated by Clinton and yada, yada, yada. So to me, it's not a big loss. You're just going to replace him with a like-minded individual. But um, the, the thing that kills me about this whole situation is, okay, when the story came out on Wednesday that Justice Stephen Breyer was set to retire, he hadn't said shit. <laughs> it's not like he came out and said, I'm going to retire. 
It was like the story came out just as Stephen Breyer is set to retire. And it was like, I think Stephen Breyer is probably sitting like, well, well, what am I doing? I'm retiring. Now, mind you, he's 83 years old. He, uh, I think, I, I could be wrong on the date, but I want to say he was placed in there in 93, I think I saw. I know it was Clinton. But nonetheless, so let's say it was 93. So he's been in there almost 30 years. So, cool. You know, he's done his time. Now, I will say this. I was listening to him speak um, yesterday. And for 83 years old, he's a shit ton more articulate and has his wits about him than our fucking president. That's for sure. But nonetheless, (laughs) um, I just wonder if he was, if that was his, I'm going to go ahead and retire. Or... Was it a situation of him being 83 years old? I think he's the oldest one on there. Um, at this point, if he... Okay, my thought process is this. Before I read this story, my thought process is this. Do you think someone, whoever that someone is, if you want to say Biden, the powers that be, whoever, got to him and said, Hey, Stephen, how's it going, buddy? Now, are you thinking of retiring anytime soon? With the idea, you know, maybe he had no intentions on retiring. I'm just speculating. I, I would assume he, he seems like he has his wits about him in his speech where he did finally give his retirement speech. He didn't really say anything about looking forward to going doing this, that, and the other thing with his wife. I don't know. Uh, my question is, during the campaign, um, Biden spoke on uh, the fact that he would... Uh, given the opportunity, place uh, you know a, a Supreme Court justice in place, and it would be a black woman. Okay, so I'll get into that in a second. Um, my thing is this: Do you think? I mean, Biden's not. I mean, allegedly, he's not going anywhere anytime soon, right? He's still got three more years. But is it a situation where they're looking at the the tea leaves, so to speak, and they're like, okay, look. Um. Uh, I'm sorry, something came across TV there. <laughs> um, is it a situation where uh, they're like, okay, look, we're about to lose the Senate and the House more than likely because it's been a fucked up year. And anyone that's a Democrat that's running, not to mention you got like 29 or something in the House that are retiring. Um, but nonetheless, there's a very good chance... I would say there's a better than 60-70% chance that the both of those houses flip to Republican. So the mindset would be if, let's say, Justice Breyer didn't retire, but said two years from now retired. Okay, so you're into Biden's final year of being president. By, uh, Stephen Breyer retires. They're going to hold it up. They're going to do like they did the Obama. They're not going to let him get a, a nomination in there. They're going to wait until the election was over. So I think the situation is you go to your oldest democratically nominated Supreme Court justice, maybe give him a little wink and a nod, kind of like they should have done with Ruth Bader Ginsburg when Obama was still in there. Probably should have been like, you know, you're kind of old. maybe. So and then this way they can put a younger whatever in there. But I'm going to read this story. This is out of The Economist. And I don't know which way they lean. It doesn't matter. It's just a story I want to read. So here we go. All right. Not not since 2010 has a Democratic president put a justice on the Supreme Court. Joe Biden will now have his chance on January 26th. Sources close to Stephen Breyer, the 83-year-old dean of the court's liberal bloc, said he will retire at the end of the court's current term. In one sense, Mr. Biden's nomination will change little. A a liberal will replace a liberal, but on the campaign trail, he promised to nominate a black woman woman for the first time ever. Mr. Biden will no doubt move quickly. Democrats appear likely to lose the Senate in the midterm elections later this year. The last time a Democratic president asked a Republican Senate to seat a Supreme Court nominee was when Obama chose Merrick Garland to replace Anthony Scalia in 2016. The nomination never got a hearing. Mitch McConnell, blah, blah, blah. So, which is an interesting story because 
that would be something to get into. Antonia Scalia, you know, he magically died. And damn, damn good thing that they did what they did because Merrick Garland was a fucking tool. Look at how he is as AG right now. Could you imagine if he was sitting on the bench? Jeez Louise. But nonetheless, um, the Democrats bar Senate majority may be just enough to put a new nameplate on Mr. Breyer's door when the court begins its next term, October 3rd. That will require some unity from a caucus that has shown precious little unity. Uh, Senate Democrats have been sniping at each other for months over the stagnation of Biden's agenda. Progressives had knives out for two centrist Democrats' mansion as West Virginia and um, uh, Christian Cinema of Arizona who refused to abolish the filibuster to pass vote by blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm going to talk about the same shit that we know. Breyer was confirmed in 94. I was close. I said 93. With 87 votes, he has been a stalwart but pragmatic liberal who believes in judges should look beyond the law's text to its purpose and consequences. This approach inspired the majority of opinions upholding abortion rights. Um, deleting the limits of president's power and addressing the delicate manner of religion in public square. He also wrote impassioned dissents in favor of ra- uh, racial integration in public schools. All right. So, I mean, he seems like a pretty fair dude, but what kills me is this is what are we going to get now? Like they said, you're going to get a liberal for a liberal. It's not like whoever he puts in there. It's going to change the, uh, the, uh, the vote. It's like this person's going to get two votes, right? So it is what it is. I think the thing that kills me, and this was Biden, I think this was yesterday, and he, he had this to say about the uh, the nomination. Choosing someone to sit in the Supreme Court, I believe, is one of the most serious constitutional responsibility a president has. Our process is going to be rigorous. I will select a nominee worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. It's long overdue, in my view. I made that commitment during the campaign for president, and I will keep that commitment. Okay. That's good, Joe. I'm, I'm glad. I personally don't care what color, what uh, gender. I, I didn't know we were allowed to call them women, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I it doesn't matter to me if you're white, black, Hispanic, man, woman, trans. You know, dude, chick, chick, dude. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, because obviously, my opinion doesn't matter. He's going to pick whoever he wants to pick, or he's going to pick whoever he's told to pick, I should say. And the, my point is this, okay, it's kind of like Kamala being chosen to be vice president. You know, if I'm, you know, your president, presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, I'm choosing a black woman, you know, to be my, my running mate. So you just know... Kamala, you're there because you're the right color, right? It's not, it, and then what kills me because I'm going to get into my speculation of stuff. But what kills me is, um, you know, with him pledging to nominate a black woman to a Supreme Court, they've got a potential five um, five names that who could be up for the job. Okay, so um, you know, during his press conference in June of 2020, Biden said he hoped to appoint a black woman to Supreme Court if the opportunity presented itself. Now, in the wake of the retirement of Steph, uh, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Breyer, Biden intends on fulfilling the pledge. So we are putting, this is his words, we are putting a list together of a group of African-American women who are qualified and that have experience to be in the court. Biden has already made progress in diversifying appellate courts. So far, he has nominated eight black women to the 13 U.S. courts of appeals. Five of them have been confirmed, though the list of women's to take Breyer's seat has yet to be confirmed. There are some numerous front runners, according to NBC News. So you have one lady here, Judge. Oh, crap. I, I really don't mean disrespect if I mess your name up. 
but Judge Katanja Brown Jackson. Okay, so at least this lady's a judge, okay? Um, she is a judge for the U.S. Courts of Appeal in D.C., front runner for Breyer's uh, seat. She's rumored to be a top prospect for Biden as he promoted her to the current position just last year. Before this, the D.C. native was a district judge, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to read through all these names of, of these women. So far, um, well, obviously, I don't know where she stands um, politically. Um, so let's see. While impeachment inquiry was underway, Jackson presided over the attempt by the Trump Justice Department to preview, uh, prevent former White House counsel Dan McGahn from testifying. Jackson stated in 120 opinion that compulsory appearance by subpoena and illegal contract. So, I mean... I don't know. I'd have to read all her dissents, but I mean, she seems pretty level-headed. Uh, I don't know how old she is. She looks relatively young. Um, then you have the California Supreme Court Justice Leandra Kruger. She looks extremely young. Yeah, 38. And just 38, uh, Leandra Kruger, um, another frontrunner, became the youngest appointee to the California Supreme Court in 2014 after being nominated by then-Governor Jerry Brown. Her previous experiences include serving as ap acting De uh, deputy solicitor general during the Obama administration, uh, arguing 12 cases before the Supreme Court of the government. So, okay, so, so far, now you have two judges. Now here's another one, Judge Michelle Childs. She's a current U.S. federal judge for the uh, District of South Carolina. She's been there for 10 years. University of South Carolina Law School alum, uh, recently nominated U.S. Court of Appeals. Okay, I can live with that. Judge Candace Jackson Aquami, uh, second black woman judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals, um, nominated Biden last year. She's obviously been a judge of, of, of some level for a while. Judge Eunice Lee, she's an older woman. I mean, she's not old, old, but she's elder compared to the other ones. I'm just basing this on pictures. So at least these are all current judges of some form. Now, I know I'd heard a couple other names, and like one of them, she's not even, I think she's a lawyer, but she doesn't, she's like a civil rights attorney, never presided. I, I mean, I would hope that it's at least one of these women that are current judges of some form, especially at the federal level, um, you know, whether it's an appellate court or whatever the case may be, um, just so they're... I don't want to say that a lawyer isn't familiar with the law, but at least these people have have a record of, of opinion. You know what I'm saying? I don't want someone that has a civil rights. She's a civil rights attorney, and she's like an activist. We don't need those people on <laughs> on the on the bench. But I think the thing that pisses me off the most is the fact that you're you're not even going to give you're not giving anyone else a chance. I mean, granted, it's not a job that you can apply for. I'm assuming. Um, but you've basically just said it's going to be a black woman, period. So that takes black men, uh, any other minority woman, so Hispanic, uh, Asian American, whatever, whatever minority or white for that matter, um, you're done. No, uh, no black men, Hispanic men, white men, Asian men, nothing. It's, uh, we're doing a black woman, period, because it's about time. Okay. I don't have a problem with that, but I thought it was funny scrolling through Twitter Twitter when all this was going down. Oh, it's about time. Now we can have a, our first woman of color. We can finally break that glass ceiling. We can, we can get our first woman of color uh, on the bench. In the meantime, uh, Sotomayor's over here like, what the fuck am I? Chopped liver? <laughs> and she's Hispanic. As her bio reads on her Wikipedia, the first woman of color. So... It just amazes me how fucking colorblind these people are to the fact that you have you have a black justice on the bench currently, Justice Thomas. Oh, but he's righty. You have a Hispanic woman on the bench. Well, she's a lefty. Oh, but she's not dark enough. Is, is that what it is? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I would feel some sort of way if you got the president saying it's going to be a black woman and then you get nominated. I mean, granted, it's a job for life. You know, I don't know. But now we can start the conspiracy theories of, I've been hearing Obama's name thrown around. 
Yeah. Someone's like, President Obama ain't taking that shit. He ain't taking a pay cut. What about his wife? Michelle. They were both lawyers. I was like, ah, mm, eh. let me let me do some digging. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so um, President Obama, 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 former editor of the Harvard Law Review, is no longer a lawyer. He surrendered his license back in 08 in order to escape the charges that he lied on his bar application. Hmm. A voluntary surrender. It is not something where you decide, gee, a license is not really something I need anymore, and forget to renew your license. No, voluntary surrender is something you do when you've been accused of something and you voluntarily surrender your license uh, five seconds before the state suspends it. So, and, and regardless, I don't see Barack becoming a, a justice. Like, like I said, he ain't taking a pay cut. I don't know what justices get paid, but I, I'm sure Obama's doing pretty well do, doing whatever he's doing. And if you're a judge on the Supreme Court, you can't be doing what, ju- <laughs> what by, uh, Obama's doing and be a justice. So, um, Michelle Obama well, uh, voluntarily surrendered her license back in 93 after a federal judge gave her a choice between sur- surrendering her license or standing trial for insurance fraud. Mm, there you go. Well, I guess that takes both of them out because I would assume you have to have a law license to be able to be a judge. So squashing that conspiracy theory right off the bat. So no Obama will be sitting on the bench. Uh, I'm sure it'll be one of the ladies that I mentioned and for that, I'll say sugar water and congratulations because you're black. You win the prize because it's not going to have anything to do. You're just going to be the most qualified black lady. You're not going to be the most qualified. You're just going to be the most qualified black lady. And like I said, I don't care if it's a woman, if it's a man, if they're black, white, purple, green, yellow, whatever. I don't care. I just feel it should be the most qualified person, period. Not a white person, not a black person, not a Hispanic person, not an Asian person. Not uh, the super galactic lizard people person. I don't care. Just the most qualified. That's my opinion. And uh, whatever. So, apparently, we have a new COVID strain. It's a subvariant of Omicron. It's called BS2. Oop, ah, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I read that wrong. BA2. All right. <laughs> so, this is from WebMD. Yeah. Watch, but don't worry yet about the new Omicron subvariant. A new, highly contagious subvariant of Omicron has emerged, which some have been calling the stealth variants. <laughs> but public officials say it's too soon to tell what kind of real threat it is, if any. The new strain, hey, look at it, they're actually calling it a strain, will present. In the meantime, it's worthy of watching BA2, the World Health Organization says the subvariant has been identified across at least 40 countries, including three cases reported in Houston and several in Washington state. <laughs> BA2 accounts for only a small minority of reported cases so far, including 5% in India, 4% of those in the United Kingdom, and 2% in Sweden and Singapore. The one exception is Denmark, where everyone has Died. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. A robust <laughs> a country with a robust genetic sequencing. Jesus, can I, can I, can I talk today? Sequencing? Se- sequencing. There we go. Abilities were estimated ranges from 50% to 81% of the cases. The news throws a little more uncertainty into the already uncertain situation, including how close we might be to a less life-altering infectious disease. For example... The world is at an ideal point for a new variant to emerge. Yeah, because it's been about, what, eight or ten weeks since the last one, so that's about right. Who Director General Tedros and why? Why in the life of me do all these people have to have these fucked up names? I'm going to call him Tag because it's T. His first name is Tedros. His middle name is Adahamana, and his last name is T-A-G. We'll call him Tag. Uh, no no offense, Mr. Tedros, because I'm sorry. Anyway, he said during a meeting on Monday of the WHO uh, executive board, he also said it's way too early to call an endgame to the pandemic. Yeah, because they haven't done what they needed to do. Similarly, 
Saint Dr. Saint Anthony Fauci, MD, said on January 19th that it remained an open question whether Omicron variant would hasten endemic COVID-19, a situation where the virus still circulates but is much less disruptive to everyday life. Um, I got news for you, Mr. Doctor. It already is. The only disruption that we have to everyday life life is y'all. You guys in the media, y'all sitting at the fucking desks talking like you know every fucking thing just because you got an MD or a PhD or whatever next to your name. Um, I got a PCGC next to my name, and I'm telling you right now, the only disruption we have is you guys telling us to be disrupted. I mean, the cases, yeah, cases are high because you scared the shit out of everybody to get tested. You got people getting tested that aren't even sick. That's why you don't even have fucking tests anymore. You guys are literally causing a stir. For what? Because someone might have a headache or the sniffles? I mean, come on. Come on, man. So this could be the first time a coronavirus subvariant rises to the level of a household name. Or, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, if pre- previous variants of the moment have shown us it could recede from the spotlight. For example... A lot of focus of the potential of the Mu variant to wreak havoc fizzled out a few weeks after the WHO listed it as a variant of interest on August 30th. Subvariants can feature mutations and other small differences, but none are distinct enough from extrain, extinct, ah, existing strain to be called a variant of their own, to be named after the next letter in the Greek alphabet. That's why BA2 is some kind, uh, sometimes called the stealth variant, or son of Omicron, but not the Pi variant. I think we, I like my name. We'll call it the BS variant. BS2, because it's a bunch of BS. Predicting what is next for the coronavirus has puzzled many experts throughout the pandemic. That is why the public health officials wait for the WHO to officially designate a strain as a variant of interest or a variant of concern before taking action. At the moment, with BS2, it seems close, oh, sorry, shit, BA2, it seems close monitoring is warranted. Because it's way too early to call. Expert predictions about BS2, BA2 vary widely from worry to cautious optimism. For example, early data indicates that BS2, I mean BA2, could be more worrisome than the original Omicron. Eric Fiegel Ding, SCD, whatever the fuck that is, an epidemiologist, epidemiologist. God bless America. If I could talk today, I'd be doing freaking fantastic. I'm on vacation this week, so it's like words are not finding me. And Health Economics says on Twitter, information from Denmark seems to show BS2 either had much faster transmission or evades immunity even more, he says. How long is this fucking thing? Because I really don't feel like reading it all. Anyway, we're going to die. We got BS2. You know, whatever. Um... I would say the same day, so this dude tweeted out, other data shows the subvariant can spread twice as quick, oh my god, as uh, Omicron, which is already much more contagious than the previous virus. At the same time, experts appear less concerned. Virologists at Tulane in New Orleans told the Washington Post this week, there's no reason to think BS2 will be any worse than the original Omicron. So, without keeping on reading the bullshit, the bullshit factor, the bullshit variant, the bullshit strain, whatever you want to call it, it's a bunch of do about nothing. Guys, just keep doing what you're doing. Wash your hands. Fucking, you know, get your 26 booster shots. Wear your mask. Or don't and live your life with the sniffles and, you know, take some fucking Tylenol and, and you'll be fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's funny because I ran across this story. And this was from, uh, oddly enough, oddly enough, this is from the NIH. We've heard of them, right? This is from their library of medicine. Okay, so this isn't this isn't me making up shit. Um, this is it is what it is, right? Uh, chemo prophylactics against COVID nineteen among healthcare workers using ivermectin in low and middle income countries a systematic review and meta analysis. So this is back in uh, December of last year. This is from the NIH's own 
Library of Medicine. So I'm not making this up. This isn't from some tinfoil hat conspiracy Twitter page. This is from the NIH's own fucking library. Okay? Coronavirus disease 2019 is a novel viral infectious disease that the WHO has announced to be a pandemic. The meta-analysis was aimed at providing evidence for the same uh, for the use of ivermectin to prevent COVID-19 among hospital workers in low-resource countries. Medical databases, including African Journals Online, Google Scholar, PubMed, Cochrane Library, MBase, COVID-19 Research Database, The WHO, ClinicalTrials.gov, and Scopus, were searched for studies on ivermectin as a chemoprophylactic drug uh, against COVID-19 among hospital personnel in settings with limited resources. Uh, preprint servers such as BioRevix and MedRexiv, as well as the gray literature, were also searched. Studies adjudged to be eligible were identified using a preferred reporting system for the Systemic Reviews and Meta-Analysis Algorithm. Statistics analyzes were done using Stata version 14.3. Studies, seven studies were selected for the meta-analysis. The total sample size was 2,652. There were two randomized controlled trials and five non-randomized studies. Some studies dosed ivermectin daily, while some dosed it weekly. However, one of the studies dosed it monthly. The studies reported variable clinical benefits. Twelve statistic, statistic <laughs> was 92%, and random effect model was used. The pooled ratio was 0.11%. I'm sorry, it was 0.11. 95% confidence intervened with a 0.09 to 0.13. This implies that 89% of the participants benefited from taking ivermectin as a form of pre-exposed chemoprophylactics. Ivermectin has been a significant clinical benefit as a preventative drug against COVID-19 for hospital personnel and setting with limited resources. Those are their words, because you know, I barely was able to read half that fucking shit. I don't even know what chemoprophylactic is. Was that a chemical condom? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, these are their words. I didn't make this up. Like I said, it's not from a tinfoil hack, conspiracy theory, Twitter, website, whatever. It's not some blacklist, black site, fucking bullshit website. This is from the NIH's medical library, Med uh, library of medicine, saying that ivermectin, the the dreaded horse paste, the horse dewormer, the, the crap that we give to our livestock that no human being should ever take, was was clinically trialed with 2,652 people, and 89% of those participants benefited from taking ivermectin as a pre-exposed chemoprophylactic. What that means is, if when all this ivermectin is not a new drug, they, it's been around for years, okay, and it's and it's a human drug. They do use it in livestock for horse, de, you know, for a dewormer. True, that's at a higher potency and whatever, but the drug itself is a human drug. You know what else they give fucking horses and livestock? They give them aspirin. They give it ibuprofen. They do those. They give it in higher doses, obviously. Point being is ivermectin is a is a um, approved drug, FDA approved drug. Okay? If they had done this from the get-go, if they had done this two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was, when Trump was talking about it, and everyone thought them crazy and the hydroxychloroquine. If people had done those drugs, if they had, beef, you know, pre-exposure chemo uh, prophylactic this shit out with the ivermectin, probably on top of a stack with um with the uh, hydroxychloroquine prior to these outbreaks, what would the numbers have been? Hmm. The fact is, they had the medicine. They could have probably saved a shit ton of lives. I mean, what are we at? 800, 900,000 people have died in this country. I don't know what the world number is. Probably a couple million, 10 million. Half of those people, maybe? I don't know. I'm speculating. Those, Like I said, they're not new drugs. Both of those drugs were around way before COVID. 
and COVID itself, the SARS, the SARS variant was a pre-existing disease. What made it what it is, is when they took it to the lab in Wuhan, made it a gain of function situation. When they created this bioweapon, they could, and any, any of, of us that know anything about anything know that when they create a bioweapon, they also create an antidote. So they knew what the cure was. They knew what to do prior to releasing what they wanted to release. Guarantee you that the people that worked in these fucking labs and shit that worked on this stuff were probably popping ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. That's just my speculation, but I would be willing to bet that that's the case. All right. Next story. I don't know if you guys saw this. So there's a uh, Canadian trucker protest in... Um, in uh, Canada, and they're protesting the uh, vac- vaccine um, passports and all this crap. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about it, um, so I don't know if they're shipping, not shipping, if they're sitting on product, what the case is, but I guess it's a Canada thing. 50,000 trucks join uh, from the U.S., um, so it's basically just a protest. The largest parade of trucks considered... Um, to run, I don't know where they're running from, through uh, Ottawa. I think they're going to Quebec, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, left left Vancouver for Ottawa on Sunday. Protest federal government's vaccine mandates. Cross-border truckers took effect. I mean, here's the thing. Um, don't go. <laughs> if, if you're a trucking company, don't fucking deliver. I mean, I mean, it sounds cold and everything, and I'm sorry for the people that listen to us from Canada, but, um, you know, tough shit. Trudeau, and, and then, according, of course, conveniently enough, they're going to the capital of, of Canada right now. Conveniently enough, he's got COVID, so now he's got a he's got a quarantine, right? But I thought he was double vaxxed and boosted and all this other shit, but now he's got COVID. Conveniently enough, there's not really a whole much to talk about this unless something happens. My personal opinion is. Canada's kind of fucking themselves. I mean, I can appreciate the truck drivers doing their little uh, their uh, their little uh, demonstration here. And from what I can see in the pictures, none of the trucks are toting trailers. To me, it just seems like a big waste of gas. And you guys could be shipping stuff across America where you don't have to worry about that stuff. Um, but, you know, everyone has the right to protest. And they're just doing this to obviously make a point. And I get it. And you should. But for that matter, fuck them. If they want a Vax Pass, don't fucking go. You know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm sorry. But the best way to uh, to prove your point is to not fucking bring attention to it. Just don't show up. And then when the people in the country don't have food and don't have supplies, they'll protest. They'll protest for you. And then they'll protest at the voting booths. All right. On to the next story of the day. Um, so I want to touch on some things. I, I was, you know, now that, you know, I'm I, by the graces of Jack Dorsey or whoever the fuck's running Twitter now, I'm back on Twitter. I've been on there for a couple months now. So I find myself constantly scrolling Twitter with my seven followers. Oh, <laughs> if you want to follow me, PCGC underscore 1775. But nonetheless, um, so, you know, I get into little wars. I go and troll people and I fuck with people and I tweet shit out and it's kind of fun, but whatever. It'll probably get me kicked off sooner or later. But nonetheless, so scrolling Twitter, I was like, you know what, I'm going to start just looking at what's trending on Twitter. And um, if, if you guys are on Twitter, you can you go to the search thing, and it's got trending on Twitter, and it's like for you. So obviously that's going to be shit that interests you based on your algorithms or what's trending popular. So that's kind of what I wanted to look at, obviously. I don't care about what's trending for me, per se, but what's popular. So then I kept on seeing this release the transcript. Uh, trending. And I was like, what the hell is this? So I started doing some research. So this goes into Russia and Ukraine. So evidently, uh, Biden had a conversation with Lewinsky, not Lewinsky, <laughs> with the president of uh, Ukraine about uh, the situation that's going on over there. And he, the person, I think this lady from, I think she was from CNN, tweeted out all this stuff. You know, she was going to break this story, and this is what the conversation was. And it was, oh, no, 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 no. 
none of that was said. It was it's a much ado about nothing. And she, del- you know, conveniently enough, deleted the post. Well, then people started hounding her and CNN on Twitter, like, "What the fuck?" Released the transcript to the point where they actually had to do a story on it last night. And uh, I'm going to play this clip. Uh, I'm not a CNN watcher, so I'm not sure who this dude is that's about to talk. But uh, nonetheless, give it a listen. We have breaking news for you in our world lead. A senior Ukrainian official tells CNN that today's phone call between President Biden and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, quote, did not go well. Our source tells CNN that the two disagreed about the immediacy of the threat of a Russian attack on Ukraine. The White House and Pentagon have been emphatic that they believe an attack could be imminent. We should note the White House just released its own readout of that call, and there was no mention of President Biden's warnings or the two presidents' disagreements. The White House did say Biden underscored America's commitment to Ukraine's sovereignty. CNN's Matthew Chance joins us now live from Kiev, Ukraine with more. Matthew, what more are you learning about this disagreement on the Biden-Zelensky call? How heated did it get? Uh, I'm not sure I could characterize how heated it got, but there was definitely a disagreement about the sort of level of risk that the country is facing uh, when it comes to a, a Russian invasion. On the one hand, you've got President Biden. This is according to an official who briefed me on the, on the conversation that was had on the telephone call uh, this evening. On the one hand, President Biden saying the threat is imminent. I mean, we've heard this before. The Ukrainians pushing back on that, saying that the, uh, the threat, according to their intelligence analysts, is a bit more ambiguous than that. And it's, a, it's possible that the won't be an invasion, whereas uh, President Biden apparently telling his Ukrainian counterpart that an invasion was virtually certain later on in February when the ground uh, becomes uh, uh, more frozen in this country. He went on to say that he, he warned the Ukrainian uh, leader that the capital, Kiev, this city here, uh, could be sacked. And that, that's, that's the word he apparently used, according to this uh, Ukrainian official, sacked by Russian forces, who he said may attempt to occupy it. There was also some some quite bad news uh, delivered, although expected news, I think, delivered uh, by the uh, U.S. president to the Ukrainian side. President Biden, according to this official who uh, who briefed me on the conversation, uh, saying uh, that he told the Ukrainian leader that Ukraine would not be getting significantly more military help, that there would be no U.S. troops sent to Ukraine to defend it. We already we already knew that, of course, but it was reiterated again uh, on this phone call. Um, Also, no sophisticated weapons, uh, further sophisticated weapons delivered to you. So, yeah, yeah, phone call between the two presidents. The president that's there in country um, saying there's not really anything going on. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, And Biden's pushing a whole situation of... um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're about to die. You know, they're going to sack the city. They're going to sack the country. They're going to do this. We're not going to. And by the way, we're not giving you any help. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then what had flushed or, you know, stopped me earlier when I was talking about the Justice Breyer thing was uh, Millie and um, Defense uh, Austin, Defense Secretary Austin was up there and, and he literally said um, <laughs> that it wasn't imminent. Well, is it or isn't it? What 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 are you guys doing here? You're you're like starting a, a proxy war, saying that this is going to happen. Now you're saying that well, by, uh, you know, there's a lot of troop movement from uh, Russia, and we've seen the satellite photo, so that isn't false. But now, is it training? Is it not training? Is it? I mean, and number, why do we care? If nothing's going on, why do we care? You know, what? I don't know. I, I don't know a whole lot to talk on it other than what I'm seeing. But everything I'm hearing and seeing is kind of like you have one side saying that you're going to war when the country that is in the crosshair, so to speak, is saying no. There's nothing going on. Nothing more than what we haven't been dealing with as far as their, they have a faction on the border of Ukrainian, the separatist, you know, now, those people are being supposedly funded by Russia and probably given weapons and whatnot by the Russians because in the grand scheme of things, I'm sure Russia, Putin wants Ukraine back. I believe they were a state of the uh, Soviet Union, USSR, way back when, um, you know, whatever. 
uh, part of the deal was that NATO wouldn't, they wouldn't become, Ukraine wouldn't become a part of NATO, you know, because I guess there was some deal, some treaty, those states that were previous, um, you know, Russian territories wouldn't become NATO countries. So, you know, whatever. Um, I think personally it's just you have big boys on the block. You got Putin, you got Xi, you got uh, little rocket man down there in North Korea. They're all trying to flex their muscle and swing their dick around and see what Biden's going to do with it. Um, and he don't know what to do. He's <laughs> Biden's going to – he's got too much shit going on right now between you got a justice to pick, you got – you know, potential wars, you got all this shit going on, and I don't know. I just, I am glad to hear that we're not committing troops. We're not um, going through that rigmarole. I can live with that um, as of now. Um, and, I, and it's probably just as well. There's no sense in committing troops and doing whatever. If you want to give them some supplies or whatever, then so be it. I'd rather see the troops on the southern border, like I was saying earlier. Let's stop that invasion on our land worry about Russia and Ukraine when the time comes. All right, on to our last story of the day. News of the obvious with your host, PCGC. Yeah. All right, guys. News of the obvious brought to you by Maker's Mark Bourbon. That's right. Maker's Mark Bourbon. We are a brand ambassador for Maker's Mark Bourbon. Check them out. Got Chris a bottle for uh, for Christmas. You know, being as we're you know, a uh, brand ambassador. He said it was very delicious. So thank you, Maker's Mark, for that. And uh, can't wait to get our own DTOM exclusive. So hopefully hopefully we're still around because it takes seven years. So it's been almost a year. Got a little bit more time. Hopefully we can keep this, keep this train and rolling. And, uh, and I'll be able to get you all some DTOM exclusive Maker's Mark bourbon. All right. News of the obvious. This just in breaking news. PCGC is an asshole. <laughs> I should have had the fucking dun 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 music, but I didn't. Didn't just thought about it. Anyway. Yeah, so I was at the store. I left the gym this morning. I was leaving the store. <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, like, Jesus Christ. So I had to write this out while I was in my Jeep. So what I love is when I'm leaving the store, where about 40% of the people still mask up. You know, because, you know, we're all going to die, right? And um, walking to either my gas-guzzling Mustang or my 4x4 Jeep, and there's some dude, cuck-ass dude there uh, with his mask still on, outside, getting into, I think it was a Prius or an Evo, whatever it was, um, looks at me and looks at the vehicle, rolls his eyes. I'm like, bro, you're outside. You can breathe now. It'll be all right. My point is, is you can kind of tell. So when I got to the store, I'm, I, you know, parked the Jeep. I'm like, I, said, I, I took my wife's car because the weather's kind of crappy, and I don't like taking my car out in the weather when it's crappy because I'm weird. But nonetheless, when you got a Jeep, might as well drive it in crappy weather, right? And uh, and neither of the vehicles get the best best gas mileage. I mean, my wife's Jeep's kind of jacked up; it's got big big tires on it. So, and my Mustang doesn't get shit for gas mileage because you know it, it's a Mustang. <laughs> but you know whatever um i pull in at, at the at the grocery store and there's a there's an old man getting out and an old man he's older than me but whatever he's not like 100 getting out of his car outside by himself okay he's not he's not a uber he's not with 26 other people driving a bus or something he's by himself mask on okay getting all his uh his recyclables his uh, uh, egg cartons and uh, milk bottles, milk uh, jugs and whatever, and all his extra plastic bags. And with his mask on, he's rushing them up to the front because at the grocery store they have bins. You can recycle your stuff in there for them. Save the earth. I'm thinking, what in the fuck have we become? Now, granted, those recyclable things have been there forever. Okay, whatever. But my point was this. These people are so fucking scared. I, 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 I couldn't imagine living my life in such fear that you drive to the grocery store by yourself with a mask on to recyclable your stuff. You're outside. No one's around you. Even if anyone's around you, 
you're outside and you're masked up. To me, these are the people that are getting sick now because between wearing a mask for the last two and a half years, they're triple boosted. Their immune system is wrecked because they're constantly masked up. They're lathering their bodies in in uh, hand sanitizer. And they're, as we are well aware now, every time you get that shot, your immune system drops 20 to 40%. So if they're triple vaxxed up, they're fucking immune systems shot to hell on top of like i said they're masked up they're you know what did i tell you when you were a kid when you're when you had kids when you were a kid it was like you know remember when school would start and you know after summertime school would start up and everyone got sick and it was because you now all of a sudden you're around you know however many hundred kids it's it's the same thing these people mask up all the fucking time as soon as they're gonna gonna end up getting in contact with somebody and they're going to instantly get sick, sick, sick. And then, oh, my God, it's the COVID. Oh, my God, it's the Omicron. It's the, it's the Omegatron. It's the, you know, whatever. No, dude, you're just sick. It's just a cold. You'll be all right. I just, <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. If I'm an asshole, then I'll wear that badge. Anyway. All right, guys. I'm going to put a lid on the day. It is Friday, uh, January 28th, 2022. Don't forget to go to the website, dontreadonmerica.com. And please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if it's Apple, please give me a five-star. And uh, on any of the other pages, if you want to share this, share it. Share the hell out of it, guys, please. We need to keep these numbers up. And... uh, if you go to the website, like I said, you can subscribe. From there, you can hit the uh, social media links. I post some silly shit. Chris will post stuff. You know, we'll, you know, whatever. Just just to get conversations going. And you guys are more than welcome to post on there and comment and do whatever you want. But please give us a follow, give us a liking, and any content that we post, please share it. Share the show, please. I, I need you guys to help me, to help you, to help me. Right. All right, guys, um, with that being said, uh, my name is Don, and I'm out of here. Don't forget, also, uh, Sunday, unless unless something spectacular happens today or tomorrow, I'm probably going to do my second part of the Empire's uh, Great Fall, of the uh, Great Empires of our history. Um, the first one is still there, guys, so check that out if you haven't already. Uh, I think it's a good listen. I'm going to go into part two probably Sunday, like I said, unless something spectacular happens today or tomorrow. And... Uh, Also, I'll be back here on Sunday, and we'll give it a chit-chat then. All right, guys, you have a great day.